0: got to do it for the whole Good morning everyone. Welcome to the Melanation Healing Project podcast in collaboration with Toledo Moms for Social Justice and Black Radical Scholars. I am Deja Banks, your moderator for season 2. I want to start with explaining our intentions for this season's podcast and who and what Melanation Healing Project is. The Melanation Healing Project podcast or MHPPP for short is part of the phase 3 healing which involves multiplying healing through community dialogue, partnerships, and collaborations with diverse groups. Racism and social injustice affect everyone in various ways, and this phase was developed with the goal of creating and healing solutions across cultures. Partner with Toledo Area's Monster for Social Justice and Black Radical Scholars to reflect the need for healing and healthy connections in every aspect of life. The MHPPP is a judgment-free zone and recognizes that we are all here to learn heal and grow. With this in mind, we do not promote bashing, opposing uh, opinions or anything that hinders healing, growth and development of individuals. Today's episode titled Healing Ourselves, Our Culture and Our Communities. This episode is called Taking a Look Within. I am so honored to introduce our host starting with Miss Alicia Sutton. A MSW MBA graduate from the School of Social Work at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan. She has community engagement experience and is an advocate for communities of color. She is the co-founder of Black Radical Scholars that focuses on addressing social and racial justice issues. Alicia has completed mental health training, one-on-one and safe talk training. Her previous studies and research includes the impact of systemic racism in the black community, African-centered social work, and diversity and inclusion in higher education and nonprofit organizations. Thank you for being here, Alicia.
1: Good morning.
0: And we also have Miss Dyshell Parker. Dyshell Parker is a graduate of Davis College with an associate's in applied science and frontline clinical COVID team member, also serving as a member of diversity and inclusion with Ohio Health. She is devoted to the journey of finding oneself and advocating for humanity through healing, mindfulness, and love. Thank you for being here, Dyshell. Oh, thank you so much, honey. I'm so happy to be here. And we are so excited to introduce our founder of Melanation Healing Project and publish, author Tejia Awad. Tejia is the founder of Melanation Healing Project, who's dedicated to creating safe spaces and support for individuals to flourish and heal from us. She is a wonderful mother of four beautiful children, and although she has spent the last several years devoting her time to her family, she is no stranger to public service. Tejia is currently serving as a clinic site director at a local recovery facility. She has extensive background in social work and clinical psychology. Most of her hands-on experience involves working with programs for women and children, mental health, substance abuse, community development, and engagement culture and diversity training, motivational speaking, health disparities, writing, and curriculum development. Thank you for being here, Tejia. Of course. I'm so happy to be here, Deja. Okay. So Tay, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you fell into the work of racial healing and reconciliation? Okay. So you pretty much summed up, you know, who I am,
2: a mom. I am a wife, but through my own personal pain and my relationship with my mother. And then of course, the, the unfolding events that transpired uh, between the years of 2016 and 2020, where I felt kind of backed into a corner and I was forced to look at the world for what it really was. Oh. And that's how it started for me.
0: Thank you. So Tay, I have a few questions to ask you and our host in regards to healing ourselves, our culture, and our communities, taking a look within. Tay, why is it important to have conversations with ourselves as brown and black people concerning race and social injustice?
2: Well, for me personally, Shelly and Alicia, you guys know we've talked about this on so many mm-hmm. different occasions, but for the mm-hmm. most part, hurting people hurt people. Ah. When we talk about race, and uh, when we talk about social injustices as black and brown people, as minority people in a here in America to start with slavery, um, but it has not ended with slavery. And me personally, I believe that the perpetuation, it comes from the unresolved issues. Um, and when it comes to inequality, when it comes to racism, things like that, social injustices, yeah. uh, we play we play just as much of a, a part of it as as the history of colonialism. You do you know what I mean? So yeah. the story that I tell people all the time, I'm not your average person who who's been in the social justice game my whole life. I wasn't raised, mm-hmm. you know, like this and actually I took a totally different viewpoint. Um and the reason why is because of Uh, how close in proximity I was to the injustices that we cause and we inflict on one another as black and brown people and minorities. So that -hmm. is why it's important for us to have these conversations because not only do we have an enemy from without, we have enemies from within.
3: You better teach this. That's so true. I know, I was
2: thinking (laughs) like, no, that was, that's
1: so real. And um, I was actually just texting with friends about that. So one, is um, like she was born in the States, but her parents are immigrants. And then the other two of us, like we are descendants of uh, African, one um, slave Africans. Mm-hmm. And so like even thinking about that too, so you have like, you know, first generation immigrant, mm-hmm. or maybe second, cause they're not too far removed, or they came here for school, but they're still like to the outside world, they appear black or brown, but they don't have, the same experiences as we do growing up, kind of knowing the struggle or having like family members kind of go through that, and having like that compounded trauma or generational trauma, and and ha- really like we, we did say in the text message, like, no, we really need to have that conversation because yes. it was kind of in the context of celebrating Black joy, but like it's it it was a very interesting conversation like i don't want to take up too much time but just kind of like having that um having that concept and and like kind of reframing that thought too it's like okay yes we're black and brown folks but we all don't come from the same place and even those of us who may be descendants of um enslaved Africans like our experiences aren't the same either some of us oh. are you know more affluent we've had like different grown up in different neighborhoods and like different social economic um backgrounds and that like all ties into maybe some like the rifts we have with each other yes. or like coming together collectively so
2: that that's what I have to say about that it's deep yeah so absolutely like, yes. <laughs> yeah, and you know what pitiful. and it's and, and that's the reason why it was hard for me to recognize it. So you hit you hit it right on, you know you' you' you're spot on with that. It's just one experience. Our experience is just as diverse as the individuals that we are yes. um, And what I have found is the closer that you are to uh, uh, power, influence, and resources, uh, the less likely you are to see uh, injustices if you're not taught it if you're mm-hmm. not taught the history so you don't yeah. recognize that a lot of times and we can see the world from a totally different viewpoint and then a lot of times what i'm finding out is that we can easily leave ourselves out of the conversation and think that it's not we don't play a part in racial right. reconciliation when we're mm-hmm. so far
3: removed from it mhm so true you guys both hit everything i was going to say okay i just don't
0: know. <laughs> no
3: but you have to if we if we don't have these conversations there is no awareness and then there can't be any to me relative change or change that's consistent Mm -hmm. and stable we have Mm -hmm. to have these conversations with each other and alicia you hit a good point too like just because we're all brown or black or or olive or whatever the case may be doesn't mean we've had the same experiences so having these conversations with you know once removed immigrants or second generation we're going to kind of get more awareness of their experiences as well And vice versa, you know,
2: and somebody uh, at the beginning of the year, I was talking to somebody about a similar conversation and they said something that was so profound. They said, because we live in America and America is drenched in, you know, racial injustice, you know, due to the inception of slavery, we're all tainted. So it's not a matter. It's not a matter of you know if it's you or if it's me. It's a matter of it is me and where is my biases? Where where have yes. I withheld resources? Mm-hmm. You know when you take a different stance, like I know somehow I am tainted by uh, the system and how it poses um, me either against um, oh. the, the community mm-hmm. I'm in or for. It either puts me at an advantage or a disadvantage because of it. And we have to recognize the role that we play because we absolutely play a role. uh, You know, so bring yourself right on into the the conversation. (laughs) Yes. Look at yourself. You know, look at (laughs) yourself. We are all tainted with it, even us as minorities. We are tainted Mm -hmm. because the very thing that was inflicted on us, we have perpetuated that in so many different ways. Yeah. And we and we we have to talk about it. We have to. It goes back to like what I said in the beginning. We are, we have been victimized, but we have also been perpetrators of this. Yeah. So we, we you have to look at yourself.
1: Oh, definitely. Oh, I know what she was saying. That I was thinking, cause my son, like we are, I guess, area-wise, probably, I wouldn't say affluent, but it's kind of like a neighborhood away, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he goes like to school with the um, I'll say more diverse socioeconomic background, like not racially diverse. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm always telling him, "Don't let black people tone down your blackness." Like ah. you like because ah. I feel like you don't have to prove your blackness to people. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. part of who you are. Just because you're not stereotypically what people assume a black teenager would be like like you don't want any you don't want any parts of what people think or like the kids in his school he's like well i don't understand rap i don't understand why they're listening to that and i don't like sports so i'm like (laughs) but you're still black so i have to still but i'm like but then you'll have kids like oh you know you're not black enough or yeah People telling, Mm -hmm. I remember growing up, you know, you hear, oh, you speak like a white girl. Yeah. Because I'm speaking Mm -hmm. properly, Mm -hmm. but from black people. Yeah. White people never care. Like no
3: other like group care. It was black folks that Mm -hmm. that did that. Same here. Same here. I went through the same thing in school. Oh, you talk wider. Or you think you're better than us, and mm-hmm. because I I want to speak a complete sentence, or because I take <laughs> school seriously,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> because on. I care about <laughs> my life.
1: Like, yeah, it's it's um uh, it's it's interesting, and you know, kids still go through that. So, whew, yes, because I am. Um, 27 about 27 years older than my son he's still going through like the same thing that i went through like that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. i told him to like don't like i conformed but he will not he's like i'm not doing it i just won't do it i'll just find other people and i'm like you are dope
0: yeah (laughs) i wish i was like you at 13 yes yeah that's true Mm So my next question I want to ask, what should we expect when having such uncomfortable conversations with ourselves? I can only
2: speak from my own experience, Deja. Mm-hmm. I would suspect that we would have the same feelings as white people have when they talk about, you know, when they come to the realization <laughs> of, of of their own privilege, you know, and and the frig- their own fragility in their community. When they have to realize what their privilege in history has done to other citizens, and and what role they play, you know, it it it's just as uncomfortable of a conversation as they would have. It's easy to s- sit in the position of a victim, you know what I mean. But if yeah. want to, but if we want to talk about healing, we have to once again. I probably am gonna. You guys, you guys are probably gonna get tired of me saying this you have to look at self
3: mm-hmm. you have
2: on top of looking at history. You have to look at, okay, now how am I showing up in my community, in my family, um, to myself because of my history, because of social injustices, because of the system, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so these are, com- these are uncomfortable, uh, uh, conversations and it's an un- uncomfortable position Mm-hmm. When we talk about that for our own selves, because I do recognize that the system is not was not designed for us in mind, and it does put us at a disadvantage. But at the same time, I'm all about healing. Mm-hmm. I also recognize that there is a role that I play that I can help reverse it, even if it's for in my own community and in my o- in my own family. You know, there's a role for both sides, and I get to decide which side I want to be on.
3: Oh, honey. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) And I definitely want to add something to that. And this is honestly, this is my perspective having any type of uncomfortable conversation. People naturally are going to be resistant, sometimes Mm -hmm. defensive. Mm -hmm. So if you prepare yourself for that in your mind, you have to have the mindset of not having an argument, which is the art of persuading someone to your side. It's more about having a conversation, but also being the best listener. Because Mm -hmm. you're going to get some responses that's going to be defensive based or resistant based. And if you join that energy, you're not going to get through to that person. Mm -hmm. So when Mm -hmm. you're trying to have these conversations, have that mindset, have some patience, have some grace and some mercy and let people be themselves. Let people be vulnerable and talk without you judging them and without you making them feel like they're wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let let people
2: share their stories. Yeah. And I'm going to say, as, as in, you know, Alicia, you and I have talked about this extensively, too, when it comes to um, a particular woman who is quite conservative, African-American woman. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Um, we will not name them.
3: Let's talk about it. We will not name know. them, but we yes.
2: will. Yes. Now, this is what I have to say about that. You know, we hear a lot of people saying, you know, black people like downing her because of what she says and, no, and, and a lot of what she says does hurt our community. Mm-hmm. I ad- I admit that. However, if we want to see some change and we want to operate in the work of uh, racial healing and reconciliation, we even have to allow her to have a space to share her experience and to share her story. How does she come to believe the way that she believed? And, you know, I'm not shy anymore about saying I wasn't too far off. You guys know this. You know my story. I wasn't too far off from believing the way she did. That's why it was hard for me to recognize a lot of the stuff that went on between 2016 and 2020. And even before that, it was hard for me to recognize that. But if you sit down and listen to my story and understand, I had to lose a few things in order to recognize how it was all big picture and how everything was interconnected. We're quick to take away each other's what what do they call it the black car or like when you're you know oh yeah, <laughs> the the know, black car. Both, yeah Cancel we're culture. quick to yeah we're quick to do that to one another the moment we don't seem like we are taking, you know, the side or the moment we are sharing an experience that is different than What we would think is the the average black experience, but Mm -hmm. that actually hinders our community more so than it helps our community just canceling one another out. So if we say to this woman, oh, she's not one of us. We are canceling her out because she has such a powerful platform. We have to be more creative. It's not Mm -hmm. enough to cancel her out because guess what? Her base is growing.
3: Ah, yes. come on now. It it is. Is.
2: <laughs> and so what does that mean? There are people, there are other black people who resonate with her story, who resonate with her experience. Me, I'm the kind of person I want to sit down and understand why you are the way you are, why you mm-hmm. take the stance. You know, your your shaping and your upbringing and your community helped you and hindered you. You know, everyone knows uh th- th- for those who are part of the Melanation Healing Project healing sessions You know, we use Dr. Joy DeGroy's book, Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome, definitely beneficial for us. But one of the things that I have learned is to recognize that every single thing in our lives, every every person in our lives, good or bad, has become our teacher. And Mm -hmm. they taught us my community taught me to hate myself. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't the Thank systems. Mm, right. I, ra- I ran, once again, I ran into who I was and who I was told to be and expected to be by the community I was raised in before I recognized that there was a system stacked up against me. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Honey, that's juice. I was like,
1: yes,
3: because it's so true. Like the words people speak, yes. Yes, but she hit it right on the nose. But before we even knew that the system was against us, the it first was- thing we <laughs> learned, honey. But, like, if you think about, like, we talked about
1: hair last season, and I'm like, who told you to straighten and press your hair, and that was acceptable, and and still talk poorly to other people? It's, like, it's Black women, oh, your hair nappy, because it's not straightened, it's not tamed, it's put together, it's growing out of my head. Why does this make you uncomfortable? Right, right. Why does how I look make you? Who am I being presentable to? So like this notion of being presentable to, I'm not going to name the other person in the bonnet stuff, but <laughs> I like just thinking about that too. Cause I'm like, I mean, I personally wouldn't, but also if that's what someone wants to do, then, then that's on them. Like I wouldn't do it because that's not how I would want to present myself in public, but I can't speak for everybody. Exactly. Like would I let my daughter? Absolutely not. <laughs> my daughter, like, girl, you, you better not. But uh, <laughs> you better not put a scarf on. But I just like the way they lay. I'm like, no, it's straight for like bedtime. That's just how I, I prefer. I don't want to look like I just rolled out of bed going outside. So, but that's just me. I won't even wear pajamas, like my pajama bands to the mailbox. <laughs> I just, I don't. Really? Like, no, I won't because it's a decent walk. But no, I won't. Because so I'm like, first of all, I'm a germaphobe. So I'm like, ew, they're tainted with outside now. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wear these in my bed. <laughs> I'll be wearing my little stuff, honey. I'll be going to
3: the grocery store.
1: You? I can't. Like, I can't. And my fiance hates fuzzy slippers. What? So I cannot wear fuzzy slippers. Oh, gosh. Listen, he doesn't like Floral print or animal print, but I do both. But fuzzy slippers, <laughs> like, I don't care. I'm like, you just gonna like me how you like me because I'm not gonna wear, like, stop wearing animal print because you don't like it. But, um and floral print, although, like, some floral print I'm more conscious of because some of it can just look a mess. Sometimes it is but a
0: little too much. It can be too much. <laughs> well, well, you said before,
3: because uh, Alicia touched on it too, but you said before you even realized that. The system was stacked up against us. It was mm-hmm. our own communities. It was our own homes. It was. Right. And, in, and it doesn't mean the
2: systems weren't there, but I did not recognize it. What affected me the most is what I was in the closest proximity to. I did not get introduced to a quote unquote system of injustice until I became an adult. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I was even taught how to navigate through that in a way that denied my blackness.
3: Ah, come on now. Mm. You know? Mm-mm.
2: I grew up in the 80s where I where I was taught, you know, we, we have come a long way. So be appreciative of the freedom that we have. You can make it where you are. I don't know how, but you can figure it out. And and then just subtle injustices subliminal messages that we would see on the media. I mean, we were just taught to just ignore it because life life was so much better in the 80s than it was in the the 70s and the uh, the 60s and the 50s. So I was taught to just be grateful. I was taught to just to take the blows. See what's funny, people thought that when we became free and once we got a little bit of rights that we were done fighting. Ah. The fight never really ended because it didn't. It, it, yeah if you look at the pattern of history every time we gain momentum and gain a type of freedom there was always something set up to try to keep us down and keep us back yeah yep. oh my gosh i was just thinking
1: like when you said that like it never stopped i'm like yeah cuz right after civil rights you have vietnam war yes Families broke like drug abuse, war on drugs, but you know it wasn't a war on drugs; it was a war on something else, and what they call it, like Reaganomics, like and all yes. of that, like how that like impacted people financially. So, <sighs> yes, it it's it's a lot, and it was easy to kind of. I think it's easy to get lost in that when you, when you're not looking at bigger picture. You're just like, like you said, we should be grateful to have these things. I've even heard another term. That I'm like I'm not doing that. It's like oh, we'll just play their game. And I'm like yeah, I'm not. No, like I'm not no. not in yeah, 20 yeah. whatever year it was like 2018, 2019. I'm
3: like, why do I have to play their game? Yeah, and be- I'm, yeah,
1: I'm yeah. the one I've that's compromising, that. not them. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Play their game and beat them at it. No, 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 no. That's that's a stacked up against me game. It's a setup. You know, we need to get rid of the board entirely and start over. Hmm. And start Absolutely. with ourselves. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a rough one, and I know. Some people
1: do still like in smaller organizations, I'm like, I'm not playing our game, I'll just leave. Um, but <laughs> right like through systems, it's it's sad that people actually do have to still do that. Like that you have to still play this game to make folks feel comfortable so that you can get what you want.
3: That's oh, not compassion. Oh, absolutely. That's not absolutely. compassion. It's, exactly. it's
1: not. But I'm
2: going to tell you right now, what people have to realize is that if you don't have resources to leave, then you compromise. Mm-hmm. The name of the, the name of the game is survival. And so I'm not I'm no longer going to judge anyone for compromising because in order to live no more than I want them to judge me based upon my past and the things that I felt like I had to do in order to make it in this world. Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> but and so it's just a matter of these conver- having these conversations and creating the space for support, so that people no longer have to compromise who they are, where they came from, and th- you know th- the pride of who they are as Black and Brown women. You know, mm-hmm. if we provide those spaces and those resources, people are less likely to compromise. You know, you were spot on when you say people have to. Sometimes people do have to. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So how have um, Tay? How has having these conversations changed you?
2: That's a good question, Deja. I think that these conversations has given me more compassion for myself and others. Having these conversations about the role we play as black and brown women in uh social justice and I, I and hopefully i don't get get you know any heat or we don't get any heat but um you know cuz we come with the intention of of love and we come in, in the intentions of just trying to promote healing in our communities and we have to have these conversations we i mean i'm sorry guys we got to look at ourselves it's not just the system it is the system and it is us you know we have to create spaces of healing and in another so another way is it has changed me where it's given me a greater conviction for the calling of making space for people to show up better by working out the residual effect of of racial trauma because of racial trauma we show up in our dysfunct mm-hmm. you know what I mean we show up in in, in a bunch of mess you know and so it's my way of reintroducing ourselves to the world because the, the system may not change
3: guys. Mm-hmm. It may not. Now that's a reality. Just Say that again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's true. It's so true. I don't, you know, we, I can't wait on the system to change Shelly. We can't, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to do that. So when, it, when we talk about healing in any area of life, whether it if through any traumatic event and you, you, you're ready to take that next step forward um, in healing, one of the first things that you do is you, you own up to what the truth is about what caused the trauma. You exactly. gotta be honest about that. And then, mm-hmm. and then the next thing you do is you find ways to, to see how has it affected you and how have you affected others because of it? How have you been showing up in once again, your children's lives or, or, or how have you, you shown up on your job? How do you interact with people because of, uh, The trauma. What have you inflicted on other people?
0: Yeah, I I, I
2: had to sort through these things myself. I just, I just really have a hard time believing that a few of us black and brown women don't have issues with self hate when it was embedded in us for so many decades. Mm -hmm. And that self hate, we project that onto one another in so many different ways. We have to own up to that. How has that the, the self hate that you have subconscious self hate? We sometimes we we don't even recognize the amount of disdain that we have for ourselves, vacant esteem that we have for ourselves and we, but we show up in it and we project it onto one another. And we have to do the work at looking at ourselves and see how have I projected that onto, onto other people in my life?
1: Mm -hmm. Ah. Oh, honey. Yes. That pain. And, you know, if you don't have emotional intelligence to know where these emotions are coming from, you, you will go around just, harming people but you think it, it's love like well i'm saying this side of love Mm-mm, it's not because the other person didn't receive it in love exactly Is that that you know impact versus intent why well, didn't intend to hurt you yeah but they felt that it came from a place of hurt not from a place of
2: love yeah for example w- what are some things that that we used to see as forms of endearment but it kind of really does hurt the people because it's how we were taught we we you know and that's how we see ourselves uh, subconsciously how about other people can't do it, but we do it to one another. We call it Blackie, call you know dark skinned people. Yeah, Blackie <laughs> with your black self or with your big lips mm, yeah. or,
3: mm-hmm. or you know You're dark girl, you getting dark. Yeah. Or,
2: oh or, yes. Oh, I like your natural hair. Good thing it ain't that 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 nappy kind. I mean, do you know oh, how many? Yes. I mean, and these are things that I've <laughs> that I've heard. You know, and think. Look, I'm going to tell you a quick story that I uh, uh, several years ago. Um, You know, we grew up, my brother is the darkest one out of all my siblings. Okay. So my mom had four girls and one boy and he was the beautiful, he's a beautiful chocolate piece of something. And, but, <laughs> but it's, but we always just used to joke around. That was just our thing. Uh, sit your black butt down, you know, blacky, tar baby, stuff like that. And so we had a cookout several years ago and I remember saying, I said, um, he was cooking hot dogs and I was like, oh, keep my hot dog on the grill because I want mine burnt and black just like, like you, my brother. And he said, you know, Tay, you guys have always teased me and made fun and, and you know, about the color of my skin. He said, do you know that always hurt me? And oh, I was confused. I was confused because I was like, well, everybody does it. We mm-hmm. all do it. I mean, that's just, it's a, you know, we're playing. But I had no idea that the world looked at, you know, no, OK, now it's in style. You know what I mean? The, dark, mm-hmm. you, the darker you are now, people want to glorify it, which yeah. is a beautiful thing. I love but back the, then. Uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that our blackness is being uh, uh, celebrated. But back yeah. then, you know what I mean? It was not. I mean, look at, you know, look at the media. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. And so the world not only was the world telling my brother that his his tone, his, his skin tone wasn't accepted. But we, in so many different ways, would say that to him as well. We, we, we you know, kind of confirmed that. And so it wasn't until several years later, he said that that has always had an impact on him. You know, oh, so that's, wow. an example, that's an example of what we do to one another. I mean, and I can go on and on about, that's, that's mm-hmm. honestly a very minor example of how we inflict self, the, 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 the hate that we were taught onto each other.
3: Don't
2: Ooh, I know I was just thinking like how many
1: stories do I like actually have about that and I just like I know two definitely come to mind I remember growing up like my my mom she didn't do our hair like she sent us to someone else and so if it was done by the other person usually like in braids or something that's when we looked like ourselves but when we didn't have it in there was no comment made it was not until we had our hair done a certain way it's like oh now you look like yourself or when I started like sometimes wearing like natural looking styles and my mom would see the texture and it would be oh that's that Indian in you what like mm-hmm. we don't even know if that's true that <laughs> we glorify
2: way. it but we glorify to- it. yeah we yeah. glorify it and I'm like
1: But you hated this (laughs) when I was growing up, like you always wanted it straight. And I'm like, when I got older, I was like, I didn't need that. You just needed to know what to do. Which they, you know, you're not taught. I know I understand like family history and some a lot of things weren't taught. But to like actually pass that down to your children, like that really impacts. Especially, like you said, the time that we grew up, it was like, yeah, you know, yeah. in the 80s and 90s, you got to have long, straight hair, you yeah, got to be yeah. thin and light-skinned, and all yeah. this other stuff. And I'm like, well, what happens if you don't fit that? Who do you go to? So, like Tay said, I'm so glad that the spectrum is being so celebrated. Good. You don't mm-hmm. have to have hair down your backside to look beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. I see people with, you know, the what they call it, the ball fade or the low cut, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Man, <laughs> that looks so, that looks so beautiful. Or you like just nice. just to celebrate those differences. Like you don't have to look like everybody on TV. I'm like I'm pretty sure people don't watch. I don't know. I don't watch TV like we used to, and look at magazines, and things like that. So the standards, like I try to see, like okay, there are so many beautiful people, beautiful based on how they exude, like what's on the inside of them.
3: Mm -hmm. Yes. I think, you know, that shift has to change between the media and and common folks or or just us as the people, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of them making an impression, we need to make an impression because half the time these celebrities don't even look like what they look like on TV in real real time. Listen, (laughs) not at all.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, you're you're right. And I and I made that example just to show how the learned behavior that that was um that we were that was placed upon us mm-hmm. throughout slavery and segregation how we projected on one another even when it comes to education even when it comes to community you know we have conversations about how can we be better to one another as a community like we see i mean you know other minorities when other minorities come into the state <laughs> they come in intact and because of slavery we lost that yeah, you know that we we lost the family dynamic, the healthy family dynamic, and yeah. so you don't see that intactness in a lot of uh, black communities like you would see in other minority communities. These are things that we need to talk about because we were taught to hate one another. We were taught that we were each other's enemy, and you would be surprised the more you start talking and having these conversations. You see the residue. Yeah, you see the residue of of, of how we treat one another. And I'm not and I'm not saying every single black person, I'm not I, I don't want right. to be like general. I'm just saying if it's one experience, then it's worth having the conversation about um, a lot of people like to sleep on small percentages and small populations and small numbers. But those numbers grow, you mm-hmm. know, so it's better um, uh, to talk about it, even if it uh, occurs just, you know, only a little bit, because we, we all say, you know, have you ever heard people say. Well, that, that's not my experience. That never happened to me. So, you know, not mm-hmm. all people, just because it never happened to you and you, it, that's not the community you came from does not mean it's not worth a discussion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, ab- it absolutely is worth a discussion so that we can not perpetuate the behavior. Yes. And, we don't, and we don't pass on what was taught, from, uh, taught to us. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, so having these conversations in many different ways you will recognize. You will absolutely recognize the. Uh, uh, you know how we project what we were taught, and how it all starts from slavery. Yeah, and how mm-hmm. it, it it started there. You know what I mean, and it mani- and it has manifested over the years in so many different ways.
3: Mm-hmm. I believe that
2: our racism has just gotten
3: more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all. Now I definitely want to actually, you, um,
0: you uh, Deja. Have you had any experiences like that? Definitely growing up, my parents had me and my siblings and it, it was like, I want to say it was a predominantly white school. like, that's mostly where I went. So every time I was around family members or I was around somebody that wasn't like, I don't, it was weird because I thought I talked... I thought I talked normal, but according to everybody else, I talked like a white girl. I was called an Oreo and I didn't really understand what they were saying. I just thought everybody spoke as if I don't know, in clear sentences. I didn't understand what they meant that I was speaking as if I was a white girl. And it kind of made me not like myself because and I was mad at my parents. I'm like, oh, why would you make me do this? And why you got people (laughs) looking at me like it was like sometimes like growing up, I wasn't black enough for the black kids, but I definitely wasn't white. So it's like I didn't have anybody to talk to or anybody to hang around with because I didn't fit in. And I didn't know how to wow. have that, uh, that conversation. So I was mad. I was mad at myself. I was mad at my family. And I just didn't know where that anger was coming from because everybody pushed me outside. And I was even before, I, like you guys said, I learned about racism and all that stuff. It just made, like starting with my family, I just felt I didn't belong. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep, wow. and that's
2: common. That's absolutely common, Deja, especially for people like, all, it seems like all of us in that regard, you know, like kind of like a fish out of water in a black community or when you're around, you know, your are you um, black family members who may not have grown up with uh, the kind of resources that you've grown up with. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of feel like a fish out of water and you feel like they inflict that that hatred on you before you experience the hatred in the world. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so once again, that's why it's worth. Like um, Alicia said earlier, remembering that we all have come from different experiences. And I think it's worth us listening to all those diverse experiences and understand, honestly, how they all affect one another. Mm -hmm. You can't can't get mad at me because I didn't recognize a system that was out there that kind of set, you know, that was originated and originally set up against African-American people. You can't get upset at that.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: when you hear my story, yes. you know, you, you can't get upset at, you know, because uh, Deja was born into a certain level of resources and, and privilege that afforded her to have something, mm-hmm. you know, you know, better than the average black person, the, the uh, a, a better education or, you know, who or you may have been set up better financially. Um, but listening to one another's stories and empathizing, um, we can all see how, you know, we affect one another and how we impact one another. You know what I mean? And how we can be a part of the solution. You know, once we recognize,
0: um, the position that we are in as a minority. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. So true.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. So what are some resources that can help us dive into these conversations? I know we talked about, it's important to have these conversations, but what can something that we can use to help guide us into these conversations? Like these not so easy conversations.
2: Um, well, first of all, I'm going to promote the Melanation Healing um, Project Woo-hoo. because we are already doing, we're already doing the work. Um, yeah, you know we have uh, nine week healing sessions, and uh, we we talk about these things. We have these conversations. We talk about the origin of where our self hate comes from from the the vacant esteem that, that's commonly found in our communities. Um, and, and we go through the healing process, what we we do, what we need to do to show up better in this world, regardless, whether, you know, systems change, you know, but, um, I would just say it's so available. I mean, you can just go online. I mean, it's all over the place now. I can tell that everyone is trying to, to um, Mm -hmm. yeah, everyone is trying to get to that place of understanding. I think we're in Mm -hmm. a very, uh, special season
0: in Why? our lives, so
2: much has happened within the past uh, 24 months, <laughs> you know, um, that, you know, it kind of life kind of shook us to our core. And I, be- I really believe that we all, most of us want to show up better. And the Melanation Healing Project, we are providing those resources and those tools for people to show up better to their families and reverse generational trauma. We're doing that now. And so I would recommend first, you know, go onto our Facebook page. Right now we're focusing on um, Black women only because uh, when you look at the statistics, um, no matter what social economic background that uh, a Black woman is found in, there are a lot of odds that are stacked up against her. Uh, However, we all need these resources and uh, we are going to get to them, but we're starting with the Black woman first. Um, And Mm -hmm. then we're going to work our way to all other areas um, and all other communities because everyone needs healing and reconciliation in their communities, in their families and in their own personal lives so that they can show up better in this world. Yes.
3: Especially being a member of Melanation has been a major source through grief, Mm -hmm. um, through trying to um, face that that man in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a, a powerful tool. So I definitely recommend anyone that's in a space of just, hey, I don't know the answers. I don't know where to start. Like she said, please go to our Facebook page, join the group and just give it a try. If it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't, there's something else out there that's for you. Absolutely.
0: Yes, thank you guys so much. Um, what are some takeaways for our listeners that we can highlight in helping to bring healing to our local communities? Tay, we can start with you.
2: I think one of the biggest takeaways or highlight. Um, would be to position yourself. I think Shelly said this earlier, to be a better listener, position yourself to be a better listener To yeah. so that you can better empathize and understand uh, people who may look like you, but have a different experience than you. Mm-hmm. Just start with listening.
3: Yes.
1: I can go next. Um, I think, I don't think I said it, but I was thinking it this entire time. Just kind of knowing that everyone isn't going to want to hear or be in a position to hear uh what's being said but Mm. also i mean just just doing what you can having conversations with people who are willing to listen just kind of being confident within yourself you know when you are having these conversations sometimes knowing you know it may be a them problem it may be a you problem but just definitely i think looking Within and your role, you know, being a global citizen, like, mm-hmm. what is your contribution? Like, are you perpetuating, or are you helping to heal? Mm-hmm. And even yes. even oh, if yeah. you think you got it all together, and, and you're a community leader, you're not exempt from this because right, you may have your own biases about people who aren't at the same in your mind level as mm-hmm. you. Yep. So yeah. So also absolutely. be conscious of that in your groups, especially like you said, the more, Tay said it, um, the proximity you are to like power and influence, know that your power and influence can also create blind spots for
3: you. Absolutely. To ah, keep absolutely. those things in mind. Honey, that's the takeaways right Come there, on I'll now. <laughs> 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 what am I supposed to Honey, y- y'all just hit it on the nose. And I'm a big advocate for mindfulness, mindfulness. And that's basically just a, a simple word for everything you guys just saying. It's just being mindful, being mindful of yourself first. Because we tend to like to mind other folks first. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we have to be mindful of ourselves first. And then from there, all the answers with a willing heart and good intentions is gonna come before you. That's right. That's yes. right.
0: So because our discussions can be quite heavy, we want to end on a lighter note and energy by talking about our favorite current things. So starting with you, Tay, what is your favorite throwback song and why?
2: Oh, a favorite throwback song. Um... Yes. You know what? I was thinking of. I'm thinking of a whole album. First of all, I'm an India Ari fan. ever since the mm-hmm. the day she came out, I love everything, all of her music. I really don't have one, but the album. I if I can say an album instead of just one song, it would be mm-hmm. voy, It would be Voyage to India. Yeah, so, yeah. You could play that all the way through. Come on now. She got uh-huh. me through my whole college experience. Like <laughs> yes. She gave me my whole entire life.
3: Wow. I'm gonna
0: have to look that up, boy. Yes, girl.
3: Add that to the, the <laughs> list. <girl. Yeah. laughs> okay, Alicia, you want to go next or you want me to go? I'm gonna no. let you
1: go next because I'm like, well, how far is throwback? Because I got a story attached to mine. So <laughs> <wow. laughs>
3: So for me, I'm going to say Nina Simone. I, I love Ooh. her, her whole entire existence. Um, but I love um, Strange Fruit, even though I believe Billie Holiday was the original mm-hmm. artist. Yeah. But Strange Fruit, it, she, if you ever wanted to feel um, the energy and hear about um, basically all the era of all of the, the lynchings of our people, um, that song speaks on that. Um, it speaks yeah. on that That blood, you know, why a lot of states are red dirt states down south. It just, it's a very deep, deep record. So wow. that's my favorite one. Yes.
1: Oh goodness. Now it's on.
3: Um, so yeah, I was like, how far I throw back? And
1: this is why I have a story attached to it. So um, like during orientation at my job, we've been having student sessions. And so I was uh, a student, like I had my playlist up. And the student was like, Oh, I really like your playlist. Like, it's really chill. And, you know, it's not all this like pop music that nobody understands. I'm like, You know, that's my personality or whatever. And I'm explaining, like, Oh, yeah, I have different playlists. And, you know, I have a 90s, you know, playlist. If I'm being nostalgic. And they're like, Oh, yeah, like I was listening to some old school, like Nine Inch Nails. And I was like, (laughs) Lord, I wanted to like fall to the ground. Like, that's not old school. Can you give us a minute? (laughs) Like, <laughs> Nine inch nails are not that old, but go on. <laughs> I was so upset. Okay, so that <laughs> so I was like, "Oh no!" Um, <laughs> but I think like the first song that popped into my mind was "The Golden Time of Day" by Maze, Beverly yes. Maze. So that was like probably like the one song because it's just so chill, like before I let go is what people most listen to, but like yeah. golden time of day is definitely like driving music mood. Yes. All day. Mm.
2: I
3: have I to check that, that
2: out. I never heard
1: of
3: have, that. Yeah. Me really? Too. Yes, you have. That's the golden time of day. <laughs> i have not. I promise now you. You gotta oh, listen yeah. to it. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm sending it to you right now while we're on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Send it to me. Send it to me. <laughs> all right. So, Deja, you can go ahead and end out, baby. Okay. So, well, before De- Miss Deja...
0: uh yes. Deja didn't do one. Are you going to do oh. one? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> no, you're fine. So, I have a, like, a mixture of music, but, like, my parents listen to a lot of, like i don't use the word old school but Mm -hmm. (laughs) they used to listen to a lot of music like when they were younger so they play it around us so my favorite song that i can remember is let's chill by guy i think that's (laughs) it I was like, does that
1: count? I'm gonna let it count because I think I was under 10 when that
2: song came out. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Now, Deja, if it's okay with you, before you close out, I do want to just send love and light to every single one of you ladies. You have no clue how much I appreciate you all. I wanna let the world know how much I love you. Um, And it's just been an honor to share space with, um, with you ladies as we all do our part to create space for healing for ourselves um, and for the people around us and for our community. So I just, I would just wanna do a deep bow and uh, honor every single one of you ladies today, okay? Oh,
0: that was so beautiful. Oh, was thank about to you. Call. I know. <laughs> so I want to thank all of our hosts and our founders, Tay, for sharing her amazing energy and experience with us. So Tay, I want to ask you, how can our listeners follow you on social media? You, uh, well, like I said earlier, you can just go to the... Uh, actually, we have a website,
2: the Melanation Healing Project. Yeah, dot uh, com. It's still... We're, we're updating some stuff. So just uh, give us some grace. Um, uh, You can also reach us on Facebook at uh, Melanation Healing Project, we uh, have we're planning our next cohort session which will be in the fall and that uh, just asks to join the private group um, and we also have a physical location um, here in Toledo that will be opening up in the fall we'll be starting healing sessions yes. locally yes. so if you yes. I'm so yeah, excited. yeah. <laughs> so if, if anyone if they don't like the online experience they are more than welcome to come and be a part of our um, healing session here in Toledo yes. this fall for more information you can just go to uh, MelanationHealingProject at gmail.com, shoot me an email, let me know, hey, I'm interested in the Toledo, uh, joining the Toledo location. It's a nine week intense healing session uh, a healing journey that we all embark on. And it is amazing, amazing, amazing. So this, I think, is our third or fourth one. And then for the first time, we uh, we finally have enough, enough people to graduate. So now we will be uh, starting our phase two healing session. And that is healing through mentorship and leadership. And it, it, it's a deeper level of healing um, As mm-hmm. because uh, here at Melanation, we believe that as you are being fed, you go out and you feed. And as you are being mm-hmm. led, you go out and lead.
0: Yes. So um, okay. healing,
2: healing cannot be contained. Um, the healing that you receive, it is for you to go out and heal other people with it. it it's not stagnant. Our hashtag is healing is is movement that we all um, embark on. And so I'm excited to start that first uh, cohort this fall also
0: well thank you so i want to thank say thank you to all of our listeners for their support and feedback you all can listen to our podcast on all the major podcast outlets including itunes anchor and spotify as tay said you can email us on what you would like to discuss at Project at gmail.com you can also follow us on facebook and instagram at melanationhealingproject and on twitter at melanationheal For more information on Toledo's Moms for Social Justice, you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Toledo Moms for Social Justice. And you can stay tuned with Black Radical Scholars on Facebook and Instagram at Black underscore Radical underscore Scholars. Have an amazing and peaceful day, my loves. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.